I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40, 40 years. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up? Episode number 184. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. There he is on the other line, Skyping in tonight. We got uh, one college football game left this season, and I am excited about it. How about you, sir? All right, well, you should be, man. This is your team. You're going for uh, another national championship. You've played in three in a row. It's a big deal, man. Big deal. It's it's pretty nice. I will say this. It's, uh, it's Saban has played in, what, seven uh, national championship games in 11 seasons? And yeah, pretty impressive. I, I do worry that I am taking this for granted a little bit. So, as an Alabama fan... Um, I went through the bad years, right? But I don't know that things could ever be as good as they are right now. Like, and that's that's the problem, you know. Well, and and not not only should they, they they think about think about every other school, literally every other school, how good they are, how strong their programs are. And then how many national championships they get. See, we think about all all those top schools are there at the top every year. Look, we think of Jimbo Fisher and how good of a coach he is. And the run he's been on. He's got one. He's got one. Yeah. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's got what? Three or two? Uh, three. Two at Florida and one at Ohio Two at State. Florida and one at – okay. So he's got two. Three. Like, this doesn't happen – like ever and when Nick is gone I'm not saying Alabama's gonna fall by the wayside but but just the ex- expectation that they're gonna win every year it's, oh, it's not impossible. gonna be there like it's it's just impossible to follow this yeah and I mean I, I wish it would be easy I, you know I wish you could just roll with somebody like Dabo Sweeney and and whatever like you but I don't know that Dabo could just roll into it and no. do the same thing it's it is almost impossible to do what yes. what they have done, and and to see Kirby Smart do this in year two at Georgia, um, you know it, it's kind of the same thing that that Nick Saban did at Alabama, right? In year two, he took the tide to a twelve and zero record, and then you know lost in the SEC championship game, and back then there was no playoff. So then you have to go no. play Utah, and Utah is undefeated, and they're playing for everything, and you're playing for nothing. You got guys sitting out for any number of reasons. Andre Smith, who was the big, uh, who was the big guy way back then, uh, big left tackle that was a surefire first rounder. Apparently, he had uh, some agent missteps or whatever. That was. Do you remember Saban talking about the whole, uh, you know, these agents are nothing but pimps and all that kind of stuff? Yep. 
that I, was, I do remember that. That was that whole thing back then. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, while, you know, it seems like he's been doing this forever. Um, I mean, this is, so this is seven in Alabama. It's eight if you count in what he did at LSU. So Saban has been involved in eight national championship games. And that is just absurd. <laughs> Pretty impressive. It's ridiculous. All right, so let, let's talk about this game. Um, Alabama is currently a four-point favorite. The game is in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You want me to give you some stats behind it? Yeah, go ahead. All right, here's the deal, and and this is a little bit ridiculous, right? Um, rushing yards per game, Alabama gets 255.8. Georgia gets 267.4. That is uh, 5.8 yards per attempt for Alabama and 6.0 for Georgia, which is almost identical. Uh, Passing yards per game, Alabama gets 193.9. Georgia gets 172.9. Georgia gets 8.9 per attempt. Alabama gets 8.4. Both of them give up about 5.5 yards per yard passing, uh, per yard pass attempt, whatever. Uh, the only real difference is that Alabama only gives up 91 rushing yards a game, while Georgia gives up 121, and Georgia gives up a full yard uh, per yard or per rush average. So, other than that, like that one stat, and then Alabama's turnover margin, which is plus 13 compared to Georgia plus five. Those are the only differences here. These teams are mirror images of each other. They've got Game manager quarterbacks. I, I, I'm so curious which way you're going to go on this because I, I, I think that Georgia has been the better version of Alabama this year. Does that make sense? That, yeah. Okay. Part of me wants to go Alabama because I think the numbers tell me to. Hey, hey, you never want to bet against Nick. But, but let's, let's throw all the heroism out. And, and let's just let's just look at the games. Whenever Nick goes into a national championship undefeated, he loses. Whenever he goes in with a loss, he wins. <clears throat> that's that's a little remarkable, and and I'm I'm trying to figure out is that going to hold true. But then I look at the actual numbers as how they play the game, and I still believe it to be true that every team that's hit Alabama in the mouth offensively has slowed their offense down, has startled them. And I think Georgia's defense will be the best defense they will have played all year. I agree with um, that. I think they're better than LSU. I think they're better than Auburn overall as a defense. With that being said, I think I would give an edge. If I got to make a pick and I'm going to make it now, I'm going to make it to Georgia. Uh, you're, I'm going to get plus four points. And and I'm going to take those points because I think Georgia has a really good shot at winning outright. I also think Georgia has a ton of leadership on that team. That is a very um, experienced team. That team has a lot of older players that um, are going to play on Sundays. And uh, I'm curious to see how Kirby rebounds next year. We're just going ahead and saying, you know, this is a dynasty, but he took over not just a team full of talent. He also took over a team full of experience. And this year, 
they're going to lose a lot of players after this. It's it's win it all now. I think Kirby knows that. I think he does too. I will uh, I will tell you this. This uh, this story was broken by Tide Sports. Uh, I don't know if it was late last night or early early today. Uh, Saban and Kirby Smart did not shake hands at their press conference. And normally that's not a big deal. It's just kind of whatever. Like it's a press conference, mandatory. Nobody really wants to be there. But Tide Sports looked into this. And they they started asking around, asking a bunch of questions. And the issue that apparently came up. Back when Kirby was still the defensive coordinator at Alabama and the head coach at Georgia at the same time. He was coaching through the playoffs in 2015 when Alabama won the national championship. Kirby was involved, or at least was invited to, some of the recruiting uh, conferences, whatever you want to call it, um, where they all get together and they're discussing, you know, what recruits Alabama's going to go after and blah, 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 blah. Kirby took pictures of the classified recruiting boards and now of course there is no love lost when it comes to recruiting and you're everybody's competing against each other you're trying to get the best players blah 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 kirby took pictures of those classified boards that had all the different recruits names on them in what order they want them and so forth and so on and shared that information with those recruits and said hey Look, Alabama doesn't really want you as much as we do. You know, here's proof. Look at their recruiting board. Here's how far down you are on their priority list. Like, maybe you should come over to Georgia. And word of that got back through some of the recruits to Nick Saban and to the guys that were on the staff. And that, along with Kirby trying to get some uh, some staffers that Saban didn't really want him to take with him, along with Kirby trying to get some grad student transfers. Uh, what's the kid's name? Was it Maurice Smith that made the big interception last year against Georgia? He was a grad student transfer that Alabama originally did not release to Georgia because technically, according to the SEC rules and SEC bylaws or whatever, they are not supposed to transfer in conference. So all this stuff was going on. Kirby was was doing what he felt like he had to do, but I I almost wonder if Saban and that bunch really really want this game. You know, I, well, I thought motivation might be a factor because it's a championship game and he's Nick Saban. Well, but I, I you you know it's different whenever he really doesn't like the guy across from him. And whenever that so happens... Let me, let me ask you a question. Okay. Who the hell let him in the room? And then you and I have been in these situations before where you've seen people like restaurants or at bars or you know concerts and stuff trying to sneak pictures, like how creepy and sleazy it is, but nobody's really slick about it. Like, how did he get into this room and take all these pictures? That's on somebody else. That's not on him. I, His I job do agree is with now you there. At, at Georgia to recruit, and every coach in the country would have done the exact same thing. And see, that's a lot of them are sleazy. A lot of them are. You had oh, a Facebook conversation are. about this. Oh, Mark, Nick, Nick is Nick is one of the 
dirtiest recruiters in the business. Yeah. He, I, you know, I, the reason I know the Alabama stuff is what poured into to the Ole Miss crap that went down is because I, I remember, you know, reports around here from, you know, Nick calling uh, Hugh Freeze back in the day just going off on him, talking about how I know you're cheating. There's no way you could take that player from me if you weren't cheating, yada, yada, yada. Like he's, he, he's so tuned in to recruiting, it's not even funny. He would do anything to get a kid. So, so the fact that he taught Kirby how to do this, and then Kirby used it against him, like, come on, you can't. It's your responsibility as the head coach to make sure that he's nowhere near the room. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's on. That's on you, man. That's totally on you. And the transfer thing, you know how I feel about that. Oh, no, I I'm, I'm not. I'm I think not these worried kids about. Should be able to leave and go wherever the hell they want. And the blocking of kids is ridiculous. I look. I ain't. I ain't disagreeing with any of that. So I'm. But, I'm just discussing the motivation factor on Alabama's side, right? It's a lot well, different gonna, when you I'll dislike the this. guy and I when think you're cool. If with you it. need extra motivation for a national championship game, you're probably going to lose. And that that's my thought. That's my thought. I think if Nick needs a little extra motivation, if they're going to use a little outside help and and to get a little little some some on this game. I think I like Kirby's spot because that means Kirby's living rent-free between those ears. Hey, you may be right. You may be right. That's that's what that means. Now, I would have never thought that, and I would have never felt that way, and I'm still taking Georgia just because I like the points. I think it's going to be a close game. But if I got Kirby Smart living inside Saban's head, which nobody ever does except for Hugh Freeze, then – then I'm then I have no problems with George now. I but, feel even more confident. Well, about tell it. me, tell me this: if you had known this about about Clemson, about how motivated Alabama was to pay them back and all that kind of mess, like they talked about after the game on Monday night, would you have taken Clemson in that spot? Yeah, because I don't think I think this extra motivation. You're in the playoffs, man. This is not Saturday afternoon. At two thirty, trying to win a big ball game. Okay, this is not sticking it to Ole Miss after they've beaten you two years back to back. This is not that. This is to win a national championship. And if you gotta have that extra pump to get motivated, then there's something wrong with you, man. And and would that would that have made them win more or lose? A game that could that help them win a game that they would normally have lost? I don't think so. I just don't believe that. You may be right. You may be right. I, I don't know. Like I, I think I, usually when you're doing stuff like that, you end up finding yourself with a few extra 15 yard penalties that could cost you a game because you're playing too far over your head, and you hit that quarterback a second too slow, but you really wanted to hit him, or you hit that guy going out of bounds a second too quick. Or you jump off sides a little easier. Or if you're on offense, you hold a guy a little longer. Or you've got so much inside you as a quarterback, you miss those throws. It goes over the head and into the safety's arms. The only time that I've seen it. you're trying to play outside of your means because you've got extra motivation that's personal, I think that's all negative. The, all only, negative. the only time that I have seen it was the 2009 SEC championship game when Alabama got back against... Now, here's the thing. It's not personal for the players in this situation. Like, I just... I wonder if the coaches are going to be willing to take more risks or 
or if we're going to end up with like a nine to six ball game like we did in 2011, right, where we've got two really good defenses and two coaches that love to play it really close to the vest. Um, but I feel like there's going to be more risks taken, you know. Maybe I'm really curious. The person that I'm interested to see the game that he calls is is going to be. Um, oh gosh, my brain just went short. Oh god, Jim Chaney or Brian Dable. Wait, who? Sir. Wait. UT's new coach. Oh, Jeremy Pruitt. Pruitt. That's it. Oh, god, I was I was wanting to say something prime. Anyway, um, yeah, I want I want to see how Pruitt handles this because this will be your third year in a national championship game with a coach that is not going to be there next year, but Saban is letting them coach. Well, well I guess last year Lane was gone. Yeah, Lane was gone. He, played in the play- he did the playoff game, but he didn't do the the, the championship game. Yeah, Lane, but, Lane was gone last year. Um, didn't do the championship game. Uh, you got to wonder if, if, maybe, if maybe Alabama could have won that game uh, if they had been able to stay on the field. But... You know, it, it is what it is. It's a new year. It's a new championship game. This is three straight. This has not been done since 2000 when uh, Bobby Bowden's bunch did it. Uh, let me give you one more stat, and you'll you'll find this interesting, I think. Uh, one of the big things, you remember our buddy Scuzz came on with us the other night, right? Yes, sir. So Scuzz's big thing was points per possession or points per drive. Well, his deal was – the points per drive and then how many points you give up. Alabama is number one in the country in net points per drive. They are at 2.18 net points per drive. Check out what Georgia is. They are number two. They are 2.17. Would you care to take so a guess vir- who number three virtually is? Virtually the same. Yeah, virtually the same. You know who number three is? No. Ohio State, 2.08. And then you've got Washington at four with 2.05. And it, nobody else is even close to, to two. So you got Penn State at 1.87, Central Florida at 1.77, Oklahoma at 1.7. It's, it's pretty interesting. So you, you go back and look at, at points per drive, and that's your teams that, that end up winning ballgames. It is uh, – I mean, like I said, these are mirror images of each other. I, I can't even begin – to uh, to explain, you know, how how similar they play, um, how they take very very calculated risks on offense and on defense, and Georgia is not nearly as injured as Alabama. Nope, they're going to be healthier. They are younger. Um, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think the crowd is going to have anything to do with it? Not that people aren't going to show up from Alabama, but this is their – how many national champions have they been to in 11 years? I think the thing that changes it is the fact that this is in Atlanta and there are – look, Atlanta is Alabama's second biggest alumni base. And, yes, no, you're no, – no, no. it's, it's every, SEC, every SEC school in the country – Every SEC school's second biggest alumni base is in Atlanta. Yeah, Because absolutely. it is the biggest city there, and that's where people from the South go to get jobs. Well, not to mention the fact that it's only a two-hour drive from Birmingham. It's only three hours from Tuscaloosa. There right. is, so that's, uh, but but, but here, here's what I'm saying. All these Alabama fans have been going to SEC games, championship games, and national championship games and playoff games for a decade. 
and it's been 40 years since Georgia fans have been there. So I, Georgia fans are going to mortgage the house. They're going to throw everything they have at buying tickets. It's why the cheapest seat in the house to get into the other day on like StubHub or whatever was like 5000 bucks. Well, that's the cheapest ticket to get in right now is 1900 and that is to sit upper deck, like nosebleed, awful, yeah. whatever, yeah. right? And that's because that's not because Alabama's in it again, because their fans have been a ton, okay? Yeah. And not that their fans won't come again. No, it's, it's, it's because, because it's Georgia, Georgia fans. Yeah, it's because of Georgia. Been in 40 years. And then it's also because this is the closest national championship game that Alabama fans have been able to get to, right? So they've had New Orleans, they've had Arizona, they've well, had the yeah, Rose I was about Bowl. To say, New or- literally, New Orleans is not far away. No, but it's it's still six hours, and they always play these things on Monday nights. So if you've got a game that is only two hours away from Birmingham – there there will be I, I would think this thing will be closer to 50 50 than than you would give it credit for I, I I don't and it's only because Alabama has been so much and Georgia I and don't think that Alabama fans are not going to show up it's not going to be I just think Georgia fans have waited 40 years they're gonna pay whatever they have to pay to get that ticket yeah it has been and so right, all so- the people that hold these tickets, that aren't associated now every every a hundred percent of the tickets that Alabama held that they sold are going to Alabama people. But then you've got this open to the public tickets. I think a hundred percent of those are going to, to to Georgia people. Because those people are going to sell them to the highest bidder. So what so what are you thinking? Are going is, to be Georgia fans. is this going to be more seventy thirty or is this going to be like 60-40 Georgia. No, yeah, I'm probably 60-40, 65-35. I, I don't think is, we're going to hit 70-30 in the percentages. I I don't think it's going to be crazy. Is that it enough to make a difference? It might not be noticeable depending on where all the tickets are and if they're spread out evenly, kind of distributed. But it I think it's going to be a lot louder. I have been in that stadium for an SEC game, SEC championship game. Well, that's, you, you've been in the Georgia I, Dome. You you haven't been to or you yeah you haven't oh, been to Mercedes Benz. It's, it's in Atlanta, all right. Yeah, and I will tell you, three minutes in, Georgia fans thought they got a bad call. Forty five minutes later, they are still loudest boos I've ever heard in my life, and Georgia's <laughs> winning the game. Yeah, yeah. Just still giving the refs more hell. They are winning the game. And it happened 45 minutes ago, and it does not matter. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've got friends that, that firmly believe that Georgia fans are the worst uh, fans to have on your campus of any SEC school, and it's not even close. Well, I don't know about that. I don't. I haven't spent a whole lot of time on any of the campuses other than Ole Miss when I was there. And I, I haven't been around Florida and Georgia and those other schools, uh, you know, on, on a road away games. But I've I've been in Atlanta for SEC championship games for LSU versus Georgia two different times, and both times was a miserable experience. One well, time LSU won the game, one time we lost. I, I'll both tell you times this. were miserable. I'll tell you this: uh, 2008, Alabama went down to Athens. Alabama was number eight. This was early in the year. And Georgia was number three. That was the year they had Sean Moreno and Matt Stafford, et cetera, et cetera. They were supposed to win the national championship. You know, they it, it was 
so much talent, all this mess, and Alabama went up 31 to nothing at the half. That was the year we had Julio Jones and all this kind of mess. Uh, Julio was a freshman. John Parker Wilson was the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And all of that stuff is going on after the game. Uh, Paul Feinbaum is on the sideline, and a Georgia fan straight up poured a beer on him from the because he was standing right next to you know the uh, uh, the guardrail or whatever. Georgia fans just straight poured beer on him, like it it is. They leave places trashed, like it is it is awful. And I understand that that all SEC schools do that. But I have been told by numerous people at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at Alabama, you know, all that. It, it, when's the last time Georgia went down to, uh, to Baton Rouge? Do you remember? Uh, I do not remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. We've, play, we've played them twice in the SEC championship games since they came to, to LSU. When was, when was the last game in Athens? Do you remember that? LSU and Georgia, it was it was Miles and Rick. And what was that, yeah, it was three Miles years and ago? Rick, and it was probably – Oh, it was one of the years we went undefeated. No, 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 it was it was after that. We lost an championship game, but we were we were undefeated, and I remember we had to play Georgia and Florida. That was the year we we lost to you, you guys in the national. Yeah, but I, I thought um, championship game I, undefeated was. <laughs> Chris, we losing you. I don't know, man. I'm still hearing you. Oh no, here, here we go. You're good now. I don't no, know what I, was going I, I on. I heard there. you all the time, but no, <laughs> I think it was 2009 when we lost to you guys in that championship game. Because well, that was that was 2011. That year we were undefeated, and it pissed me off that we had to replay you guys just because the road we had to go to get there was so damn hard. That's yeah. I know y'all played Georgia in the or in the uh, SEC championship game that year. I want to say it was like 20. Maybe 2013, 2012, 2013, when y'all went to Athens. It was like it was after that national championship year. Maybe, maybe. I, so I, I just anyway. Either way, let's let's get back on track with the uh, with the ball game. We we went longer than you and I anticipated going tonight. Uh, look, I'm I'm gonna give you some projections from uh, from you know gambling sites and and places that have all these metrics and all that. Uh, and then I want you to tell me how how crazy it sounds. Okay. Okay. Uh, Odd Shark has Alabama winning thirty-eight to thirty-one. Does that sound bananas to you? It sounds too high. I thought it was way too high. Yeah, way I, too I, high. I, I actually think the country is going to be pissed off because it's going to be a typical SEC defensive slugfest. All right. Well, I here mean, these, these next two. And... These next two will be right up your alley then. Okay. Sagarin has Alabama winning twenty-one to nineteen. That's more like it. And the Massey ratings have Alabama winning 24 to 22. So yep. Sagarin has them going just under the 44. Massey mm-hmm. has them going just over the 44. So I 44 could, is the, see, uh, the. I could see both table. of those far more than both of them in the 30s. Yes, I, I agree. The DCI ratings have uh, Georgia winning 21 to 20. That sounds reasonable. No, and then that's, uh, yeah. NCAAGameSim.com. Has Georgia winning twenty five or twenty six to twenty one? So again, See, just even over. that's a little higher than than I think the total is going to end up being. All right now, here is this may be right on par. Uh, ESPN's FPI prediction is Alabama twenty three, Georgia sixteen. 
See, that's a big differential. It's it's a touchdown difference. Yeah. So I don't Maybe, know, you know. My, I mean, it, it could it could easily happen, but the the FPI predictions uh, or projections uh, have Alabama winning fifty seven point five percent of the time. Um, they've they've got some interesting stats up on the ESPN page. So as far as efficiency ratings, uh, like I said, they are incredibly similar, right? Very very similar. Alabama is a ninety two point nine, while Georgia is ninety two point four. On offense, Alabama is 88.2, Georgia is 88.7. On defense, Alabama is 87.9, Georgia is uh, 86.4. And on special teams, Alabama is 53.8, Georgia is 54. They, I mean, they are mirror images of each other. Here is another telling thing, which it obviously doesn't make a whole lot of difference. But you'll see where the talent is on this, right? Alabama has six five-star recruits on their roster. Georgia has seven. Here's the biggest difference. Alabama has 66 four-stars. Georgia has 52. Alabama has 10 three-stars. Georgia has 21. And then that predicted final score was 23 to 16. Does that sound like crazy to, does anything sound crazy to you at this point other than than a game in the 30s yeah i think the game in the 30s i i just don't see it if it happens then i'm you know i'm just wrong i've been wrong a lot lately but um i just can't see it i, I these are two defensive minded guys they are going to go in there and control what they can control which is we're going to keep the other team from scoring and we're going to allow our offensive coordinators to to generate points yeah, I, I like that. It's basically wait for the other team to beat themselves. If it ends up in the 30s, I'm going to tell you, I think there is at least a special team score on both sides and a defensive score on both sides. And now if you spot both teams 14 points, then hell yeah, you can hit the 30s. Yeah, at that point, yeah, maybe. I, but, I believe but, that. But I just, I, I think those, I think that's what has to happen to hit the 30s. I, th- I think I'd probably agree with you on that. I agree with you. All right, so what is uh, what is your prediction? What what's your final score here? Oh God, final score. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I like it to be low scoring. I'm going to probably say, you know, seventeen twenty ball game, Georgia. All right, so twenty seventeen Georgia. I've got Alabama. I I think I like uh, I think I like the under here. I'm, I'm probably going to go twenty one seventeen Alabama. So it'll yeah, hit so we're, right we're on that We're real close number. on score. We kind of see the same game flow. Yeah, I, I think that. I think uh, somebody's going to make a mistake somewhere. Uh, Georgia has a freshman quarterback that has played way above his head. Uh, Alabama, in situations like this, you know, they, they're playing against a team that likes to run the football and, and has a pocket pro-style quarterback. Alabama usually wins these games. So I'm going to roll with Alabama here. You're going to roll with Georgia. And, uh, and yeah, we will see how things roll out. So let's. Uh, what do you say we jump out of here? Yes, sir. Dig that. All right, let's get it. It's time for the rundown. 
Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys.